I had to take care of my life. I had to be in the driver's seat. I realized that the best investment I can make is in myself. We all have self-doubt and inner thoughts that is very, very critical of ourselves, but we need to really focus on our strengths. I think that experience showed me how I was able to turn around my mindset and focus on the positive. It can be very lonely at the top, and it is very important for you to invest in yourself, surround yourself with people that you can learn from. In turn, you have the energy to pass it on to your team, to your customers. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I led fearlessly. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. I've known her for 20 years. We met doing powerful personal development programs together. She has been a multiple-time CEO. She has helped grow organizations by tens of millions of dollars. And right now, She is one of the world's leading coaches for CEOs, helping them with issues of emotional resilience, mindset, strategy, and success. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Kathy Serafian. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Hi, Nikki. So excited to be here. Great to have you. How wonderful to see you. Great. Wonderful to see you as well. So Kathy, I've known you for a long time, but let me tell you why we do this show and why people listen to the show. We do this show because our listeners are entrepreneurs. They tend to be solopreneurs, most of them, not all of them, but most of them. They're coaches, they're consultants, they're speakers, they're corporate trainers, they're authors, they're facilitators. They may have a, a, a business where their expertise allows them to help people. They could be an accountant who is interested in standing out and being seen as someone with a powerful uh, thought leader, personal brand. They could be a chiropractor, a naturopath. What they all are, though, is they're all seekers. They're all looking to take themselves and their businesses and the people that they serve to a whole new level. They're all believers in freedom and free expression and free enterprise. And they listen to this show because they want to learn from you. They want to learn some tips, some tools, some strategies, And they also want to be inspired. They want to hear your personal story and they want it to touch their heart so they can really invest themselves in what you have to say. And the only way that they can truly understand that is if they get to know you, then they'll open their hearts to you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Kathy Swayfield? Wow. Thanks, Nikki. Um, Yeah, I think my story starts with Um, When I was a young girl in my early teenage years, 
And um, I was lucky enough to be born into a very abundant family. And all of a sudden, my whole life as I knew it changed. Um, as you know, I'm a fellow Persian. I was back in Iran and the revolution took place. And um, all of a sudden, for a 13-year-old girl, um, uh, the lifestyle that I knew had completely turned around. And I remember as a young girl, um, you know, I was born in a modern family, but at the same time, I remember um, there were Middle Eastern cultural dynamics that was in play in the background. And um, I was a very shy girl, I would say. At that time, I didn't know how to be effective. I didn't even have my inner voice uh, developed to any degree. Um, and I also had some self-esteem issues. I had a hard time kind of figuring out what I stood for. Uh, and, and worst of all, I, I was growing up with a bunch of boys. And I remember when I was really, really young, I was, I think around like seven or eight years old, I was playing with these boys. And um, actually I wanted to play with them. They were in my uncle's car and they were pretending that that was the spaceship. I knocked on the window and I said, hey guys, can I play with you? And they pulled down the window and they said, no, you're a girl. You can't play with us. <laughs> oh my God. And I remember as, as crazy as it is, that innocent moment, literally a very, very innocent moment, uh, become, became a very life-defining moment for me. And I think at that time I felt so down and rejected, not belonging, not having a sense of, you know, I'm not good enough uh, to be part of these guys are playing. And I remember at that time in my head, I decided that I'm going to show you guys what it means to be a girl. And I think in that instant, uh, Nikki, a uh, very interesting wiring happened in my head where I concluded in my head that I need to be a winner to be able to belong and to be important and accepted. So that was a uh, high hardwired into me. And uh, fast forwarding with the revolution, I just recognized that I had to take care of my uh, life. I had to be in the driver's seat versus the passenger seat. Um, and that really was a turning point for me in life where I really took 100% responsibility for what was happening. And um, you know, I have a number of examples where I was going to international schools and due to the revolution, all of our schools closed down. And um, I went with a bunch of classmates to the British embassy to uh, convince them to bring the O-levels and A-levels back so that we can get our high school degree. We hired our own teachers. Um, so my upbringing from a very young age of teenage years turned around where I had to really um, take responsibility, make things happen. And um, a lot of those themes kind of showed up in my life. I, I realized that the best investment I can make is in myself um, to make life happen for me, not to me. And I, I know Tony Robbins says that quite well. Um, and it is a very big part of, um, you know, going through life. So Kathy, um, that's, uh, I, I remember being uh a young kid in Iran. And I remember that the boys and the girls didn't want to play with each other. So it was amazing that you wanted to play with the boys because uh, back then, uh, growing up in Iran, 
Um, I like playing with the boys, but I also like playing with the girls. When I was in first grade, the girls go, no, you're a boy. You can't play with us. <laughs> you know I mean? It was all good. I just, there was one girl in particular who I thought was really pretty. Her name was Shante uh, Bonnie Karim. She was in, she was in kindergarten and first grade with me. I thought she was the most beautiful thing in the world. And I wanted to play with her and her little group of friends wouldn't let me play with her. So I remember, I remember that happening to me too. So we got that in common. Um, but you know, it was a wonderful, beautiful and, and innocent time, even with all the craziness going around and, you know, you, you left Iran and you came yes. to the West and, um, you were able to become a CEO. You ran a couple of major companies. You, you grew them. I don't know, like 40, $50 million in sales. Not every little girl from Iran whose who's brother and his friends wouldn't let him play with her managed to do that. So how'd that become possible? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So um, Nikki, I guess uh, that high hard wiring of being a hyperachiever became a very big part of my identity and how who I became in life. And um, I... I would say a couple of um, scenarios that uh, really happened where it was a game changer for me. First of all, um, you know, I have always relied on strategy to be able to propel forward and get things done in a smart way versus working hard. Uh, so I will tell you one of the uh, interesting things that I did. I was in the third year of university. And at that time, I was thinking, I'm not as smart as people around me. I'm not as experienced. I have not grown up here. I don't have the same level of resume and work experience as others. How am I going to find uh, a job? I was a marketing major at the time with the tier one marketing organizations. And at that time, it was Procter & Gamble, Kraft General Foods, and um, Warner Lambert. And I remember at that time, I uh, approached this um, situation very strategically. So I used one of my research papers to reach out to um, the uh, human resource department at Procter & Gamble. And I said, what if I do research and give you insights why you're not hiring undergrads and you're always hire MBAs? And I remember that experience alone gave me so many data points and insights into the process that when it came down to me being interviewed, um, let's say with Procter & Gamble or the other organizations, I was so prepared to understand my audience, what they needed, what they were looking for, that I basically aced the program and I got an offer on the spot. Uh, and I remember very well that all of the guys, especially, but also everybody in my class that year was surprised how is it possible that Kathy Scrafian got the job offer and we didn't because I was not an A-plus student. And I think that the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, we all have self-doubt and inner thoughts that is very, very critical of ourselves, but we need to really focus on our strengths. And at that time, uh, that really helped me out. So I started my first job with Procter & Gamble and I soon realized that I am not going to become, uh, you know, one of the clones of Procter & Gamble. I have this free entrepreneurial mind. So I got recruited into healthcare and into the Fortune 500 organizations. And I, um, and I think the most important career progression that I had was with Allergan, where um, every two years I had a promotion 
um, and advancement in my career. And I remember one of the toughest periods was uh, January 21, 2002, when they announced that Allergan was going to spin off two of its divisions into a new entity. And at that time, I was a business unit head. Um, and I remember with that announcement, I was one of the two business heads and then the other position was vacant. All of a sudden, I uh, came to be on my own. And fast forwarding two months later, I got parachuted into the president role of incorporating AMO. Um, that was a very, very tough period for me. Um, I was so overwhelmed and stressed out with deadline. It was the first experience I had being alone uh, no sounding board, no guidance with a lot of um, responsibilities that I had to hire all the non-sales marketing people, uh, take care of the customers, give um, the message that everything is stable, uh, come to get to know all of my team members who were uh, senior to me by you know decades, um, get their respect, create a vision. There was a lot on the go. And I remember one day I was so exhausted, I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, my pressure on myself for perform, I had put everything I had on the performance aspect, my identity, everything was so tied into it that it had zapped away all my energy. And I remember at that time, Nikki, that it was, it was probably the most difficult six months of my life. Um, Self-doubt crept in and I was just not able to make good decisions. And it was a very difficult period for me. And the one smart thing that I did, Nikki, was I, I hired myself a coach. And that coach um, stopped me from quitting because I had every intention to quit and I was just miserable. And I remember the coach asked me to hang in there for six months and, um, and give it my very best. And that's all she asked me to do. And I remember those six months because I was going to um, jump off the ship, I fully dedicated myself to do the best I possibly could. And I led fearlessly without that attachment of my identity to the outcome. Um, and I recognized, internalized, and fully appreciated the difference between uh, being attached to something versus being committed. Uh, so anyway, long story short, after six months, not only I did not quit, I think that experience showed me how I was able to turn around my mindset and focus on the positive, focus on things that um, I can do for the business. And the rest is history. I was able to take AMO to new record levels of revenue, profitability. It was the most uh, successful subsidiary in the AMO world. We later on sold the business to Abbott and now that business is with Johnson & Johnson Vision. And I think the most important part of that experience is that um, we, we did it together as a team. Uh, it can be very lonely at the top and it is very important for you to invest in yourself, to be able to surround yourself with people that you can learn from, you can resource yourself so that in turn you have the energy to pass it on to your team, to your customers, and really source your team to create a space for them to grow and be better. There's a lot to unpack over there, but let's begin with what you said near the end of what you shared, which is you need to do it in a team. 
don't do it alone. Hashtag don't do it alone. You know, we've got something we say inside of eCircle to the thought leaders and prospective thought leaders. And we say, don't do it alone. And, and it's interesting and ironic because most of these folks are coaches and consultants and they understand this intuitively for other people, just not for themselves. It's like the cobbler's kids has no, has no shoes. You know, the tailor's uh, kids uh, clothes don't fit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the reality of it. But hashtag don't do 2022 alone. You need a team. You need to be a part of something like a group peer group. That's going to allow you to raise yourself up on the days you're feeling crappy the, you need the group but there's some days when the group isn't doing so hot the group needs you either way being part of a team allows you to move forward where if you try to do everything alone you're, you're all messed up so you know i just did an event um a couple of weeks ago and i did all the calling and i did it alone i didn't take my own advice right but then at some point in the process i got some help so Teresa brought a couple people to the table and then my client Colt brought someone with him and another one of the attendees brought someone with him. And I just thought, oh my God, it's so much easier when other people are bringing people to, and I don't have to make every single call to get every single person here. So yeah. it, it's really powerful. I'd love for you to elaborate on don't do it alone and have a powerful team. Yeah, I mean, Nikki, aside from the fact that, I mean, the famous saying says, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And the together can have so many different aspects to it. It can be your team. It could be having a sounding board um, or a thinking partner. I love that term because most people need a thinking partner around them or a community. I mean, it is so impactful when you are able to share what's going on in your head. You are able to express and declare where you want to take the business, where do you want to take yourself? And there are people that support you and align with you towards that vision. If, uh, if you put aside the fact that this is way more successful way of going about it, um, and we double click on the journey itself, it's just so much more fun than doing it alone. Yesterday, I was talking to a CEO that was super successful, but he had done everything alone. And he looked at everything so rationally and transactionally that I had to ask him the big question of like, why? What, why are you doing it alone? And what, what is the ultimate goal in life? What is the definition of success? If it is getting the big title and the big uh, money and the big everything that society says, then your way is working. But if you want to enjoy the journey and make sure that you as a person examine your life and get to really understand your strengths, your wiring, your blind spots and continue to grow, it is really important to invest in those relationships. It's brilliantly said. And, you know, it was smart that you said this to the CEO. And I, I was speaking to one of our clients uh, the other day, and um, she's been uh, with us for almost three years now. She joined us in July 2019. When she joined us, she was already successful. She was making six figures. She had a really great practice. But it wasn't the practice of her dreams, right? It wasn't at the level she wanted it to be. So she was part of someone else's office at the time. And she was also somebody who, um, you know, had been the gold medal winner at her, at her uh, professional school when she took that on. 
And, and it just like she knew she was meant for bigger and better things, but she'd been trying to do everything on her own. So she decided, you know what? I need someone. I need, I need someone. I need something. She, she joined us. She joined E-Circle. And just the fact that she was in the room with other people allowed her to learn new ways of doing things. Cause that's what great uh, community does for you. Mentorship. It gives you and good coaching, good mentoring gives you new ideas, new ways of doing things. But the other thing that it gave her was it gave her um, an accountability uh, group, which meant that she would be on track to do these things. So these new ideas wouldn't just be heard and then disappear. Remember conversations disappear from the wisdom course that you and I did together all those years ago. Yes. So very powerful and true. And then on top of that, there was a love in the community. And, you know, you know my, my sweetheart, Teresa, sent me this graphic. And it said uh, things you need in life. And then uh, it was, a, it was a circle and there was a color code. Uh, and so there was love, which was the color red. And then there was everything else, which is the color blue. And the circle was just filled with love, with red. That's all that was there, red. And inside this community, there's love for people. Like this lady, uh, you know, she says to us all, you guys are my family. And right now she's, she is like a world-renowned thought leader in her space. She has been hired by a couple of Olympic teams to help them with health and well-being and nutrition. She has been hired by uh, an organization out of the U.S. that has a lot of top uh, um, experts and coaches. These are all coaches that are doing one to ten million a year, and she has been hired on by these guys to go out down there, do a talk get paid for doing the talk, but also get paid uh, to sign on more of those people. And she just came to me and said, I've been a black belt, which is like 60K up a month. Now I, I think I'm going to have my first string of 100K months. And I just felt so nice for her. I felt so good for her because this lady gets it. She gets the importance of people. She gets the importance of community. She gets the importance of love in her heart. And that's what you're really saying, isn't it, Kathy? Yeah. I mean, Nikki, I have redefined what luxury is in life. And one of the top, I think, points about luxury is to have someone believe in you, have someone um, to hold this space for your greatness. And that person could be sometimes your parent. It could be uh, your supervisor, your coach. It could be a friend. But it is a luxury. And a lot of people don't have that. And when I look back, Nikki, that's that moment in time where I wanted to quit and that split second where I decided not to do that just because I found someone that believed in me completely changed the trajectory of my success. And uh, it's, uh, it's humbling. Uh, and also, I feel very vulnerable in life when you realize that those four or five decisions in your life and in your past can completely change the way you're going to go about life and how you're going to end up. So I think that's very, very powerful. So, you, you know, the importance of not doing it alone, hashtag don't do 2022 alone, having a coach, you know, the CEO should work with you and have a coach or, you know, for folks who are thought leaders and experts, having like a, a mentor and a peer group, like the kind of stuff that we do for thought leaders. I think that's super important. Everybody needs to do that. But you, you mentioned something else. And 
you talked about having the right strategy, which to me is almost like having a good blueprint to allow you to win. And it's one of the things we talk about inside of the work that we do, which is you need to use the right methodology. You need to use a methodology that works. That's what we teach about thought leadership. You got to get your IP out of your head. You got to get clear on who you help. You got to get clear on positioning yourself And then you got to actually go talk to people and ask for business because a lot of people come into our space and they become coaches and they become consultants and they somehow think magically sales are going to happen. Magically, people are going to sign up with you and want to work with you. And that's why everybody is lured in by the allure of, of online marketing because they think it means they don't have to sell. And I want to disabuse everybody of that notion because you have to have the right strategy and thinking strategically is very, very smart, but you also need to be realistic. At the end of the day, you're going to have to ask somebody to do something with you or for you. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And I think that's really what you're saying as well, isn't it, Captain? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we take this to the next level, <clears throat> Nikki, we all know the importance of networking as an example. Um, and I don't call it even networking. I call it net, net sharing, net giving, because you don't start networking with people only when you need them. You develop a um, routine where you enjoy interacting with people. And I always, when I network with people, I go, let's have a possibility conversation. And I always look for what can I do for them? How can I make their life easier, better? How can I contribute in this moment to who they are? And let's not make things uh, complicated. It can be a smile. It can be your energy. It can, be, it can be as simple as the way you listen to people. So I think networking is a very good starting ground uh, for people that are trying to build their business to get to know the right people and to bring the right individuals into their circle. As you are doing this, I think it is also very important to look for strategic alliances or strategic partnerships. Mm. One of my secret recipes to growing my business in an accelerated way was to figure out organizations, services, or teams that had a similar target audience and a similar goal, but we were complementary to each other. Um, and we would join forces, double up our resources, go out to the market in a much more robust way. So we can just expand um, this conversation that we're having to networking as well as strategic partnership to expedite and accelerate results. Well, you have a very powerful story of how you did that. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing that, you've shared it with me, but I think my listeners would love to hear the story of uh, how you were working. I think it was with the optometrists and you, you just create a very powerful strategic partnership by thinking outside the box. So why don't you share that? Yeah, it's interesting you remember that. It's just, it actually was a very interesting strategic um, partnership with Johnson and Johnson at the time. So I was the head of AMO and the business that uh, one of the divisions uh, was responsible for was contact lens care solutions. And we were promoting um, our products to the opticians, optometrists, and ophthalmologists. And um, I realized that all of my competitors had Lenses Plus solutions. And when it came to Johnson & Johnson's products, they came out, if you remember, a long time ago with the disposable lenses. And they owned that space. So they were only in the lens business. I was in the lens care or solution business. And it was just an automatic 
uh, smart way of bringing the two organizations together. Um, and my, the, the size of my sales force was one third of Johnson & Johnson's uh, sales force, way bigger organization. So we put a program together with my executive team and presented it to Johnson & Johnson. And the program was, hey, listen, um, we figured out an insight that they needed to sell their lenses in one year packages. Optometrists wanted to do that as well. Um, so that they would be able to add an additional service for their clients. And it was good for the clients because that way they did not have to pay tax. So we looked at all the stakeholders. We realized what was the benefit that each person can derive from a program that we have put together. And we approached Johnson & Johnson. So we started co-promoting a one-year lens plus contact lens care solution package that we had designed. All they had to do was add the lenses at the optometrist level or the store level to the Johnson uh, to our solutions to our contact lens care solutions and sell it to the end users. So it was the highest return on investment because the cost of doing this was nothing. But we had our teams join forces, and so much magic came out of that beyond the actual program. They started comparing notes and sharing information and targeting and bringing more value to the optometrist. And um, after a year, uh, we had quadrupled our sales. We were way over our target in terms of selling these one-year programs. Um, and it was an amazing win-win-win situation for everybody that was involved. So you quadrupled your sales. That's the number that really just hit me and hit me pretty hard. You quadrupled your sales. You know, I think it's very powerful and important to do things in that fashion because if you do that, then you're going to be in a position to um, help people see how thinking strategically and teaming up with the right people can do the same for them. So, A, it's very important to have a coach because like you said you were on the verge of quitting and your coach talked you out of it right so that allowed you to change the trajectory of your business so that's one part of it but the second piece is if you start thinking strategically who else helps who i help and i wonder how we can work together how can we sell through someone not necessarily sell to someone one of my mentors is a man named jean Taillon. He's a man who's been a CEO and he's been on this show and he's grown four companies by between 150 and 550 million. And this is what Jean Taillon says. He says, you got to look for who you can sell to, who you can sell through and who you can sell with. And I thought that was very powerful. And it seems like his thinking is very much aligned with your thinking on the subject. Yeah, it's all a matter of how you're looking at your business. And I think um, the way I call it the mindset, how you, you look at your team, your business, your end user, who you're serving, and how you are bringing value to them is a very critical uh, part of business. So when I, when I took over AMO, I interviewed all of my sales reps and marketing team. And I would say, what, what business are you in? And I remember the, them saying, we sell intraocular lenses and uh, phaco emulsification machines. That was the surgical team. By the time we had done our work, 
when you would ask my team what they were doing, they would say, we give the gift of sight to people. We allow grandparents to see the smile of their grandchildren. And I say this just as an example of the building on your point, Nikki, that how you look at life and how as a leader, you bring a new fresh framework, mindset, a new way of looking at business is the power that we have as leaders to inspire and elevate. We give the gift of sight to people. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So, you know, I'm thinking for myself, how would I ask that question and answer it? What business am I in? Well, I'm in the business of helping coaches and consultants and solopreneurs growing their business and reducing the amount of time they work. That's what I'd normally say to people. Hey, I help you make more money and work less, right? That's, that's the bottom line. You're but giving the gift of freedom. You're giving the gift of it. freedom, Nikki. It is the most important thing because it, it is freedom at so many different levels. It is freedom uh, to express. It is the freedom to choose how you want to have uh, your lifestyle be. Uh, it is the freedom. Actually, this is part of my work. It's the freedom from our mind prison because I find that we get stuck in our own minds and freedom from that creates so much new space for people to realize their greatness and believe in it. That's pretty brilliant. That's pretty brilliant. I was going to say something else, but this is much better. You know, I think everybody needs to understand this. So Kathy, I'll tell you something. This is a very powerful thing that you can do for some of the CEOs that you work with is you can, you can help them answer this question because it's a very strategic question and it, it, it will really allow these folks to understand how to serve people more. I, I, I've said this to you before, Kathy, I think your gift is you help people think strategically and you help them, you help them truly achieve the greatness they're capable of rather than, you know, muddle along at 10 to 20% of their greatness capacity quotient. I just kind of coined that term, greatness capacity quotient, right? Because most people, that's as far as they go. But imagine that you went to, you know, 100% of your greatness capacity quotient. That would be pretty darn powerful. What you do, Kathy, is you help people, you give people the gift of achieving their greatness. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. And it is such a privilege and such um, a blissful space to be that um, I can live my passion and purpose and change the trajectory of people's happiness and success level uh, in life. It, it is truly, I, I take it very seriously and it is a privilege. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, so Kathy, you know, I also think there's another thing that you do and you haven't touched on it yet, but I want to bring it up because I think it's very important. You are really a big believer in marrying st strategic thinking with um, standing out, being out of the box, and also with uh, generosity. So I'd like you to tell the story about how you were able to get an entire convention to be a buzz talking about what you did versus what the other companies are doing. So that's a very, very cool story. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. You remember that. So uh, Nikki being in, um, in the medical device space, um, 
we had regular annual events, three, four day conferences with ophthalmologists and eye surgeons. And there was always this kind of creativity that with my team, we wanted to challenge ourselves with how do we stay away from things that have already been done? How do we up the ante? How do we create an experience versus be transactional? You know, we have done a lot of good work, bringing a lot of uh, good knowledge, technology, innovation into the marketplace. And my challenge was, how do I get to have the eye surgeons experience something different? So I remember um, we had a conference coming up in Montreal and at that time, I had done a research. Again, this was a coaching conversation that came out of, you know, me thinking out loud and my coach guiding me to be as innovative as possible. And I recognized that a new restaurant had opened up in Montreal by the name of Au Noir. And I don't know if um, everybody's familiar with that, but Au Noir came from Europe. And it was the experience of dining in complete darkness, in pitch darkness. So one of your senses are, is taken away, but also um, all of the waiters were blind in this restaurant. And I thought strategically this would be a phenomenal fit with my audience because I always would invite um, our top eye surgeons and ophthalmologists to an evening with AMO. And I decided to invite 120 um, eye surgeons and ophthalmologists to Au Noir for our dinner. And I remember clearly it was so out of this world um, that I was sweating <laughs> as the first seating of 60 people uh, started. And um, it actually was all of us lining up, putting our hands on each other's shoulders, going in to pitch darkness, and then people, the waiters would seat us. And we would have a four-course dinner without even being able to see our food. And something that was cool is that on the menu, you could have had the wild um, wild option, which was you didn't even know what was being put in front of you. <laughs> and that experience was magical because I didn't realize, I knew there were some uh, benefits, but one of the amazing benefits was that these doctors were able to be in the shoes of their patients for a good two hours. Um, not being able to see anything, rely on their other senses and experience what it is like to uh, lose your sight or gradually to lose your sight with glaucoma or age-related macular degeneration or cataracts, uh, you lose your vision. And all of these, um, uh, you know, vision is your number one fear. If you ask after stage fright, everybody is afraid of losing uh, their sight and being blind. But the magical thing was, also that we created such an experience with the surgeons that for the next three days during the convention, they were just sharing this experience with everybody they came across that with the AMO team, they went to this dinner, they had salmon with their hands, they were relying on each other. And the fact that AMO had created such a goodwill supporting blind people having um, a job. So um, I got email after email from a lot of specialists and my friends in ophthalmology saying, Kathy, thank you for that experience. It took us out of our comfort zone but uh, it left us with a memorable journey that makes me a better ophthalmologist. 
So there's a few things that I learned from this um, wonderful story. One is the, the power of generosity and love, because this is an act of love. You're doing something showing love to the people who own the restaurant, love to the people who work at the restaurant. But you're also showing love to um, the patients that these ophthalmologists and eye surgeons serve, because you're helping open the eyes, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, of these surgeons and, and ophthalmologists to the reality and the suffering that their patients are in. That makes them more caring and compassionate people and that makes them better at their jobs and it makes them able to better serve their market. So there's that. And then you gave them a fantastic gift. I know other people gave them gifts, but this was a wonderful gift, a wonderful dinner, a wonderful experience. And, and then finally, the other thing that you did here. So there was, there was the, the uh, making them better people, giving them a fantastic gift. And then the final thing that you did is you actually taught them by example, how to wow people, how to be strategic and wow people. So to me, generosity, is here. Um, I, I also think the gift of, of clarity uh, and uh, insight was provided to your clients with this. The other thing that was, uh, that was provided to them was wow, a level of wow and a powerful experience. And Kathy, like I say that to me, I'm listening to you share this, all this stuff. These are the elements of Kathy's thought leadership. These are the elements that you can put into a wonderful talk and wonderful talks as you can tell these stories and see what are the gifts and why do these things matter to your audience as CEOs? Well, you got to be generous. If you're not generous, people aren't going to like you. And it can't just be, hey, I'm doing it strategically, although everything else is strategic. You got to be generous because you're just a good person. And you want to have people have good experiences in, in life. But you also got to, uh, got to teach people how to provide clarity and insight for their clients, because that's what's going to make their clients want to do business with them. And last but not least, you got to wow people. You got to give them great experiences they're going to remember forever. I bet you these ophthalmologists and eye surgeons will still to this day remember that experience. I bet you if you speak to one of them, they'll go, oh my God, I remember that so well. They're never going to forget it. Wow, if they just went and had another dinner, that is very imminently forgettable. You know yes. what I mean? And yes. to me, that's important. The next day when they saw their patients with some form of an eye disease or eye issue, I think they their level of empathy and understanding had shifted. Um, and that's, that's the yeah. power of experience and being able to give and gift. And it's interesting you say the wow factor because that was... Uh, a part of our DNA. I mean, we had fun at AMO, even when I was CEO of Drive Medical, it was all about wow factor and going above expectations. And I remember I heard a story um, at one point in time, I can't remember, I was in my like early 30s and somebody said, listen, what is the basic expectation of your client, your patients, your audience, your customers, whatever that is, and go above that. So if you go to a hotel, we all expect that we're going to get checked in. We all expect that our room is going to be opened up to us at around two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. When you open up the door, the room is clean. So that is just the basics. But in one of the experiences that I had, I went to the concierge to book a dinner. And this person 
when I went down, give me a quarter at that time, because at that time, like cell phones and all that did not ex- exist. And he basically said that whenever you're ready to come back, here's a quarter to call me so that I can send you a ride. So I remember at that time, Nikki, that, you know, if you really want to be impactful and create an experience, you just figure out what the baseline is and go slightly above to create a wow factor. So that quarter was the wow factor, even though I know that I would be paying a lot more on my statement, uh, being part of that hotel um, that was higher end, that quarter made all the difference. That's very powerful. That's that quarter was what created the wow factor. <laughs> so Kathy, what I think makes you such a compelling uh, coach and makes you a thought leader in training, as it were, who's like, in my opinion, able to go world-class, just like my client uh, Val has. Uh, and I'm very gratified to see that happen for her. What I be- why I believe that's like, you know, practically uh, very probable for you and can become inevitable with the right kind of guiding is because of this background and these series of experiences you've had as a CEO. Now, I know you say there's other organizations that have coaches that have been CEOs, but I'm going to push back a little bit and say, yeah, they do, but they don't have you. They don't have what you created. They don't have the background you've had as a young girl in Iran who, you know, went from, you know, the height of abundance to, 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 to the depths of lack of abundance of a young girl who's, you know, was, was, was hurt because her brother and, and, and his friends wouldn't include her, but took that hurt and made something powerful and positive out of it. And they don't have somebody who has an ability to be strategic, to think out of the box and make this happen. In my opinion, this is worth a ton more than simply dealing with a CEO's mindset. This is very valuable. Like to me, I can see a day where, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can help you be able to be working with maybe half a dozen really high level CEOs and each of them is, and, and then have about another dozen on a waiting list wanting to, to, to work with you, but you know, it's two years away before you get to them and we're charging a million dollars a CEO year. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing when you unlock the mindset and that is an yeah. area that I'm, totally obsessed with how do you work on your mindset how do you condition it and how do you take yourself and keep yourself in a positive mindset which is the precursor for success Nikki and I don't mean fake positive I mean you know the resilient positive where you have that balance to know that every situation every circumstance and event can be turned into a gift into an opportunity or a learning that's uh, brilliant, 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 brilliant stuff. So, Kathy, um, if folks want to get a hold of you or find out about your programs, products, books, et cetera, what's the best way? Um, I would say the easiest way, Nikki, is I love to uh, connect with people on LinkedIn. That is one area that I am. I, I update um, the, all of the good things that are being created, information, knowledge, insights, coaching insights. Um, or simply sending me an email. I, I 
take it very seriously when someone sends me an email. I personally respond to all the emails. So, and my email is very simple. My name, Kathy Serafian at gmail.com. Um, I am have, I'm a contributor, a contributing author to a book that's coming out end of June. I elaborate in the section that I talk about my past experience in more detail, the learnings, the insights, and what are some of the things people can look at and do uh, to be able to get ahead. So uh, I would say those two steps would be the easiest way to be in touch with me. So what's the name of the book? The name of the book is Peak Performance, Mindset Tools for the Entrepreneur. Cool. And all right. Well, by the time this episode comes out, that book will be out. So um, they can get that, um, I'm assuming, in the usual places like Amazon, et cetera? Yes, on Amazon. And we're, I'm going to make a quick announcement when it's out, um, even share um, excerpts that uh, may be of interest to the audience. So, yeah, if they are connected with me on LinkedIn, they will receive all the information. Okay, love it. Well, leaders are readers, so it's important to, to, to read books and listen and listen. Kathy is incredible as a coach. I recommend you take advantage of what she's offering you. You know, get on a calendar, uh, send her an email, have a conversation with her. It's totally, totally worth your time. You can see she's really brilliant. She can give you insights. It'll be very powerful to help you get your mindset up, but really help you get the best and fastest result inside of what you're up to in the world. So Kathy, we end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps? These are your three best pieces of advice that you recommend my listener take on to improve his or her life or business. So what do you say? Okay, so just a little bit of the recap of some of the things we discussed. Um, invest in yourself for sure, whether it is reading or um, having a sounding board or a community, just make sure you're not doing it alone. We've already touched on that. The second thing is, um, I think something magical happens when you create space between yourself and your thoughts. And that is an important thing, but also tricky. Not everybody understands what it is, but when you create that space between yourself and your thoughts, you put yourself in a situation to choose your thoughts. A lot of people go through life not having that distinction, and they are not in this position to see whether their thoughts are serving them or not. And there's a whole process to go through this, but um, that is pretty magical and a very big part of transformation. And then the third piece that I would say is that uh, you heard me say positivity is precursor to success. And, um, you know, Nikki, we have around 50 to 70,000 thoughts on an average day and 70 to 85% of that is negative. Not because it's our fault, because we're predisposed to operate from our survival brain to focus on danger and threat for survival purposes. The key is to recognize that you can transform um, that negative, stressful, agitated state and transform it into a more pleasant, more serving experience. All you need to do is two minutes and be able to observe your breathing and then manipulate your breathing to go deeper. These simple steps would make a big difference if you have the discipline to do it on a regular basis so that you interrupt your thought pattern and you are aware. The higher the, the trigger for positivity is self-awareness. And this is a nice first step towards that. 
I like that. The trigger for positivity is self-awareness. I want to write that down. That's very, very good. Those are three excellent expert action steps. So listener, Kathy Serafian is the real deal. If you've enjoyed this conversation, do me a favor, share it with somebody else who needs this message. Take on the generosity impulse. And one way you can be generous is think about another human being who right now could be going through a tough time, right now could be not feeling good about themselves. And hearing a positive word from Kathy and myself could completely turn their day around, could take them from feeling tragic to feeling magic. So I strongly, strongly advise you, encourage you, request of you that you share this and share this with lots and lots and lots of people. Kathy's brilliant. And this was a very worthwhile and powerful episode. That's number one. Second thing is make sure you reach out to her. Like this is, this is the crazy thing. Uh, I'll say, Kathy, I was on one of the biggest shows in the world. It was the biggest show I've ever been on. Millions of people listened to it. And I offered for people to reach out to me. And I know how many people listen to this show. And I had 43 people reach out to me, which sounds like a lot. But given that a million and a half people listen to this bloody show every week, it's not a lot. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, if you're hearing and thinking, oh, my God, I know she's saying reach out, but, you know, she wouldn't really want to hear from me. So I won't do it. Don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Reach out. Reach out. Reach out, reach out, reach out. You never know what amazing things can happen. You're one great, great relationship away from a transformational shift in your life and your business. So make sure that you take advantage of this opportunity, listener. And go to the show notes to find out about Kathy, to get her email address. We'll have the name of the book in the show notes. Just go in there, do that. Take advantage of this. And you'll be glad that you did. And listen, if you're in business and you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're an entrepreneur, you're a solopreneur, and right now you've been going through a bit of a tough time, your business maybe has been stagnating, or maybe it's not stagnating, maybe it's going through the roof, but you have no time. You're just overwhelmed because you, you, you can't even breathe. And here's what I'm going to advise you. Go to eCircleAcademy.com and do two things. One is... Take advantage of all the free resources there. There's free reports, et cetera, et cetera. Just grab them, read them, use them to help you in your business. They're there for you. Please take advantage of that. But secondly, I'm offering this to you as well. Jump on a phone call with us. You know, there's a, a link there that says book a success call. It's a free call. All that we want to do is be of service to you. This is why we do what we do. We love you. We, we, we love people. We think life is a people game and we, we love playing the game of life. And we also believe business is a people game. It's not a numbers game. It's a people game. And the most important thing is to help somebody and to help that person go from tragic to magic, whatever that tragic looks like for you, be it being stuck in your business from an income point of view, or be it being stuck with no time freedom. Because Kathy, you said it beautifully. We give people freedom. We give them income freedom. We give them time freedom. And we give them mental freedom to be able to think for themselves and move forward. So all these things are important. Just take advantage of it, guys. Listen, again, don't be that guy or gal who goes, no, 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 I shouldn't do it. Just just do it. Lean into it and just do it. And you'll be glad that you did. Thank you. Can I say one last thing? Sure, of course. This is for the audience. If you know and don't do, you don't know. So all of this rap is if something resonated with you, just act on it. Action has power. And look at all the things that you know, but you have not acted on. 
It's all about taking that step forward. Yeah, no, I think that's brilliant. I think that's brilliant. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Kathy Sarapian, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or go wherever we happen to listen to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Audible. It's there. It's all in the show notes. Take advantage of it. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.